Front office, please hold. Well, for those of you who are tuning in to hear the French-Canadian political debate, too fucking bad because you are listening to what's really important, and that is the Front Office Podcast. Fellas, what's happening? Just being stereotypical and eating mac and cheese with fried chicken. Vive l'espoir, le Québec libre! (laughs) Sorry, I'm watching the French debate over here. uh yep typical of uh of these two gentlemen eating at 8 55 at night because of the four children that occupy all of jethro's time and kevin just trying to stir up shit by watching a french debate while we're trying to record our show um welcome back everybody so thank you again for everyone who listened to last week's milestone 50th episode spectacular that we put on it was a lot of fun Fellas, what did we take away from that uh, from that episode last week? Can't believe we did not cancel yet. Did we do an episode last week? Um, actually, uh, it was kind of one of those things where we recorded it about six months ago, and we we actually released it in time. So it, it's like a time capsule. We recorded it back in January, but then we released it last week. Oh, that's I remember I was wearing a scarf during that. <laughs> that's why I had one of those big Russian hats on during during the recording. Anyways, Jet, Kevin, Kyle, all back for this week's episode, everybody. And of course, the front office podcast is brought to you by our pals over at the Smoke Shack and BTP Smokehouse. Be sure to go and enter the promo code Kevin FOP10 F-O-P-10 at checkout of your online order at the BTP Smokehouse only. And everyone who is looking for a great spot to go and enjoy the last few sunny weekends of, uh, of the season, head on out to Carp Road in Stittsville to the Little Shack and, uh, and hit up their barbecue spot out there. Anyways, on with today's episode, fellas. So there's a very important thing happening this week and I'm not talking about the debates. I'm not talking about kids going back to school. I am talking about the NFL season is back. (laughs) And a hush falls over the crowd. (laughs) This is going to be a long ass show, man. I can't get a reaction on anybody. tonight. (laughs) I'm I'm just happy. I get to gamble again. Sorry, what is starting on Thursday? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) First week of school, I'm answering emails. If I don't have an aneurysm by the end of tonight's episode, it's going to be a fucking miracle. All right, all right, we're we're into it, we're into it. Let's go, let's do this, let's do this. I, I am loaded up on front office cocaine, which, as we all know, is barbecue. Let's do this. Let's do this. I am ready. Absolutely. So, you know, Jet, you mentioned the gambling aspect of it. I know that you're excited for that. Kev, I know that you're excited that you can live in your basement for the next six months and not have to worry about your family obligations, which is fantastic. I finally fixed the leak. The leak. I finally fixed the leak in my basement. I'm going to tell my wife and kids the baby gate is closed. Don't come down here. Stay the fuck upstairs. <laughs> Football is on from one o'clock 
till 1130 at night, pretend I don't exist. I'll eat breakfast with you on Sundays, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's a big <laughs> if. <laughs> um, if I'm willing to get up that early, yeah, which we all know I am because we're going to be doing some stinker tinkering. Right? There you go. There you go. Um, so speaking of stinker tinkering, uh, we actually participated and we've been promoting it for a little bit, but uh, we had our draft last night for the dynasty league charity fantasy football campaign. And, uh, I know I was updating you guys. I, I picked our team, but I was updating you guys throughout the night. How do we like how our team shaped up there, fellas? Not a fan. <laughs> really not a fan of it. Um, so like, like your wife would say, not what you said last night. Exactly. Whatever she would say. <laughs> hey, at shut the same up. time, watch it, watch it, seeing what we ended up with, I just tell myself they clearly don't watch football. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I was very happy with the way that it ended up just because we did end up with a lot of guys that we had spoken about that we all like collaboratively. So for anyone who's wondering, again, please follow our social media. Please follow the Dynasty League uh, podcast because they're going to be updating the season as it goes along. And anyone who, whoever wins this league, $1,000 goes to the charity of their choice. And of course, we're uh, playing for the uh, survivors of the Indian residential schools. But fellas, we've got Kyler Murray, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, Kyle Pitts, David Montgomery, Noah Fant, uh, James Conner, Devontae Smith, Leonard Fournette, Henry Ruggs, and the kicker and defense does not matter because we will be dropping and streaming one differently each week. But, man, very happy with how that uh, how that draft played out. So, yeah, looking forward to a collaborative effort because I know that we compete against each other in many leagues and it'll be nice to you know kind of operate as one dysfunctional unit for, uh, for at least one, uh, one league this year. I'm not a real fan of Antonio Gibson. I think he's going to be a bust. I think that was a bad draft. Yep. The second that you give me fantasy advice is the second that I stop doing fantasy. That's it. <laughs> all right. Someone else is going to win Jets League this year. Kyle's quitting. He's packing it in. That's all it took. Amazing. Uh, all right. But on a serious note, apparently Ezekiel Elliott was arrested. You heard it here for first, folks, on the uh, FOP. On the FOP. <laughs> on the FOP. <laughs> I don't even have to say FOP podcast. This is the P stands for. So you guys were mentioning that before we came on. What was he arrested for? Um, <laughs> I'm thinking it was something to do with poor performance in the 2020 <laughs> season. <laughs> Finally laid charges on him for that. All right, hold on. I'm going to fact check this right now because I don't want to No, be... I'm doing it. You're the host. I'm the fact checker. Okay, well, I don't want to be what we despise and just start spreading rumors because we heard something from somebody and it's not accurate. It works for Skip Bayless and he's one of the most reputable people in the industry. Fuck that. Everyone respects that man. Fuck that withered old prune. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, seriously. Seriously, fuck that guy. Like he's going after LeBron James now saying I'm up at 2 a.m. working out getting ready for my show. Like eat a bag of shit, Skip Bayless. No one cares if you're up working out at 2 a.m. Your wife probably kicked you out because she fucking hates you. So you have nothing else to do. And I'd like to see him post that every day because he just did it once for what I can tell. (laughs) And like of all people to go after, you're going to go after the most successful athlete of our generation. Honestly, 
Like, go fuck yourself. So now, based on the internet, there is absolutely zero um, information about Ezekiel Elliott being arrested. Exactly. Um, So, I'm going to say your friend is not telling you the truth there, Jethro. Yeah, I I told you. I said I haven't seen the story either. I just heard. That's what I said. And this is, but this is how reporting works nowadays. Adam Schefter will hear that and say, according to my sources, Ezekiel Elliott may be arrested and out for the 2021. Fuck off. Anyway, don't believe everything you hear. Make sure that you go and Google it because we all know that Google is. I the didn't most say accurate. I believed it. I'm I not saying I'm not saying you. I'm saying it to all of our. Not listeners. sure why you believe everything you hear, Jet. <laughs> Listen to the good it's listener. On the internet, it's got to be true. <laughs> to the good listener, yes. Just Google it. Google has all the answers you need. <laughs> Twitter literally has nothing. Speaking of Google, how easy is it to be a student nowadays, where you can literally just Google anything that you need to? Everyone used to have to go to the fucking library all the time to research shit. I'm going to tell you that's bullshit, Kyle, because I used Google throughout university. Now I'm, I'm not talking about university. I'm not talking about Google. university. I'm talking about like high school and grade school and shit. Oh, I don't even think I had the internet for most of high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how old yeah, we no, are. And everybody. I just didn't go to the library. <laughs> I made shit up. I made shit up on those essays. And you know what? The teachers didn't have Google either. Yeah, and what's your true. English teacher going to do? Go to the library to fact check your essay on dinosaurs? No. She just be like, oh, wow, he really used some good transitional words there. I didn't know that dinosaurs hunted cavemen on a regular basis. <laughs> cavemen you, actually... You could really write whatever the fuck you want before the internet came out. You know, apparently groundhogs used to rule the world before cavemen came along. And then the dinosaurs killed off all the cavemen and then the meteor hit. And then that's when everything regrew and humans grew from the earth. And I learned something today. (laughs) Plus me. Holy fuck. We are completely off the rails right now. Um, (laughs) So let's get it back. Are we recording? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been recording this whole time. Um, if you're still listening why yeah yeah please please don't please tune out um we've already got to 50 guys <laughs> everything now is just great <laughs> it's all downhill from here baby. Yeah, it's all downhill baby <laughs> um it's like a snowball you know it starts out really nice and it's kind of picking up steam as it goes but once it hits that you know that nice icy patch on the hill oh boy look out um so anyways, getting back, because now that we're all confused and talking about, you know, meaningless shit, what a perfect segue to go over to our pal Kevin Kelly with another fantastic installment, Grinding Beans. Grinding Beans. Oh, shit. There is literally nothing that I'm angry about right now. You're not literally, angry about anything. I was, I am just on cloud nine right now. Of course I'm joking. There's always somebody fucking grinding my beans. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there right freaking now. And it's really not even angry at uh, anyone in particular or any league in particular, but just angry at the times. And I think based on our conversation before we started recording, man, I'm done with this shit. If you didn't catch the news, I'll fill you in. If you're an owner of Ezekiel Elliott in fantasy football, which I am in two of my leagues. I drafted him, invested in him. I can't see him having two bad seasons, not with his talent, not with Dak Prescott returning, and not with that offensive line. 
sure enough, we live in a time where a player doesn't have an injury to their ankle, to their knee, to their neck or their back, or any other debilitating joint issue that they can develop. They don't have a cold or a flu where they go on to have an amazing game like we've seen in the past with Maurice Richard or Michael Jordan. Nope. They had this stupid virus that's still lingering around and destroying pockets of our world, specifically in the United States and the Southern United States right now. And as a result, Zach Martin, one of the best offensive linemen in the game today, will not be blocking for Zeke for the next two weeks i believe it's uh it's only for one game and then obviously he's got to be retested and see okay so it's not the 14 day thing like before i don't believe so because i think if you're vaccinated you have to go seven days and then you get retested and then i don't know it's it's confusing i don't know (laughs) for all the people that were so angry about people taking knees during anthems getting in the way of enjoying their sunday football You'd think there'd be more people getting angry about COVID still sitting around. Because now we got Zach Martin out of the game, and we haven't even had the opening kickoff for the first game in the NFL. This is obviously going to happen going forward. And though I did win a, a league last year, and I was lost in the finals to Kyle, by he lapped me in points in that game. <laughs> last year was fun, and it was great that we had it. But boy, that was a pain in the ass, especially when Tennessee got it and you had games that were being postponed. And if you weren't staying on that waiver wire and staying on your roster minutes before kickoff, you could have got screwed by this thing. And I guess the beans that I'm grinding here, Kyle, it's really just I'm tired that I have to grind beans. I'm so done with this stuff. And it bothers me because here we have the most exciting night before a big day since Christmas Eve. The last, the last day of this calendar year without NFL football, and it's marred by illness that I thought we'd be done with by now. And that, Kyle, is what's grinding my beats. I believe. Are you drinking cough syrup? (laughs) (laughs) Me? Yeah, what the, the hell fuck is that? Did you find a bottle at an antique store and just start drinking? Oh, cider. Oh, a cider. That is a good one. A little bit of yeah, cider. Man, yeah, we're getting all down my throat and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I'm having a flaming Homer or something. Like, to chill. <laughs> uh, it's a flaming Mo. I'm Mo. This is my bar. Hey, at the end, it was a flaming Homer. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I. I don't even want to say the word anymore. I think everybody, whether they're, you know, whether they're like for and against it, I mean, everybody's just so sick of it. And yeah, we'll just leave it at that. I think it's grinding everybody's beans very finely. And I don't think there's any more beans left to grind with, uh, with, with that respect. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I've had a loss. But for on that topic, <laughs> you know Tom Brady was a hundred percent positive during that Super Bowl. The the news broke this week that he tested positive after that boat parade. 
There's no way they tested Tom Brady for COVID the week of that fucking Super Bowl. I don't care who you are. Roger Goodell was not sitting in his office with a list in front of him saying, here's a list of all the players that need to be tested for COVID. And he saw Tom Brady and said, no, no, we're not. He's not. Patrick Mahomes not. The following people are not allowed to be tested. I don't give a shit. They're not getting tested for steroids, for COVID, for uh, prostitutes. They're not getting tested for any of those things. We need the Super Bowl to have these guys in it. There's no way they could be positive tomorrow, but it's not tonight. So that was for sure what went down there. So what you're saying is, is that it was a Carl Lewis situation where apparently everybody else tests positive for something, but old Carl Lewis didn't test positive for anything. And his sample got mysteriously, you know, distributed somewhere else. And we don't have it here to test. I don't know why you bring in such a credible person like Carl Lewis. The only thing that's ever been tested and found to be divine is his anthem singing voice. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? For as many times as that fucking guy has heard that song representing his country, <laughs> you think he'd know the fucking words. And rockets. Uh oh. I'm going to get it this time. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to get it this time. Uh, Do you uh, remember? I don't know if you guys have seen the 30 for 30 on the 979, the Ben Johnson Olympics, but when Carl Lewis was trying to have like a singing career. Oh, that was bad. And his manager was like, oh, yeah, he was really good. He was really good. And then you hear him singing. It's like, oh, my God, this is the worst shit ever. (laughs) Uh oh. I'm, I'm gonna get this one. Oh, <laughs> oh man! I had like a sore throat for like a month. <laughs> it's unfair of you to the know the wor- in here. It's damp. To know the words to the song I've heard four million times. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Well, anyways, um, that's the end of my statement. <laughs> Speaking of forgetting a lot of things that we're supposed to talk about, let's go over to our our father of four, Jethro with a great installment of Constantly Improving. Hey, what's up, y'all? All All right, so... um, So I was just looking at a few of the injuries, obviously the injury report, seeing as I'm a gambling degenerate and I need to know who's playing or not. And I saw that um, Curtis Samuel, who signed in the offseason with the Washington football team, uh, has an injured groin. Now, a lot of people notice that. What was it a football? Yes, groin, not groin. Was it a a football to the groin? Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) Hey, Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger, so who knows? (laughs) Anyways, carry on. um, So I have noticed that there's been a lot of hamstring and groin injuries uh, over the last couple of years uh, in the NFL. I think specifically the last two because of, you know, COVID, as some of the scientists call it, uh, and having to sit down a lot. We talked about it on one of the earlier podcasts and how that affects people. But uh, one of the things that people don't realize is that your adductor, which is your groin, uh, it acts as a flexor, which means it brings your leg forward, but it also acts as an extensor when you bring your leg back. So whenever your both legs are side by side, if you bring it even a little bit to the front, it helps you go further front. If it lets you, if you go a little bit to the back, 
lets you go a little bit further back, right? So what ends up happening is all of, especially a position like wide receiver, and I could even say like, you know, a scat back type player like Curtis Samuel, whom they put everywhere. Um, you're going to do a lot of running. You're going to be doing a lot of route running, uh, change of direction, so on and so forth. So when you're running a lot and you're overworking those two directions, thus working your groin <laughs> more than you normally, well, more than, you know, the regular person, then you are more susceptible to injuring your groin, right? Because it's going to tighten up on you. And uh, from my experience with athletes, they tend to neglect the stabilizers of their hip on the other side. So you basically have a tug of war happening at your hip, but the internal part of your hip is going to win every single time because you're running so much and there isn't enough strength to balance things out on the outer part of the hip. So this is not going to be the first groin injury we're going to see this season. Um, you know, unless guys are stretching their groin, working on their the stabilizers on the side of their hip, this is something that is going to be commonplace this season and in future seasons. And don't be surprised if you see a lot of the gadget type players as well as the extremely fast players because they have a higher turnover rate uh, getting injured with, um, you know, groin injuries in addition to hamstring injuries. So little known fact, but hip stabilization is the second most common way to injure your groin behind Absolutely. the dreaded football to the groin. Because we all know <laughs> that football to the groin is the worst thing that can ever happen to someone in the groin. Um, Who drafted Hans Molman? <laughs> <laughs> football to the groin starring George C. Scott. <laughs> ah, groin. Um, <laughs> fuck. We're Amazing. Um, anyways, thank you very much for that, Jet. Anyone who is following the NFL this year, please you know heed those words because honestly, it's... Uh, you know, it, it's a big thing. It, it really is a big thing that people take for granted, you know, hips, groins, Achilles, hamstrings. Like you look at how fragile those things actually are. You know, obviously we're all getting older. How, how more difficult is it to get out of bed now? <laughs> like I got out of bed, oh, my man. knees crack, my hamstrings are tight, my hips, I got to align them. Like that happens to me in my sleep. So now you think about these guys who are performing at a high level they depend on this stuff to maintain that explosiveness. So anything, you know, any one little thing of those that's, you know, not right and hundred percent, you're going to see a big impact on that on the field. So, you know, follow I've that. I've had turf toe. Kyle. Oh. I've had turf toe turf for toe like sucks. Three, three weeks right now. Yeah. I haven't been on turf in like 15 years. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure how the fuck I got turf toe, but <laughs> man, does that ever suck. So, so Kev, here's another little tidbit for you. It's just a fancy name for it. It's basically just means that you stubbed your toe and you displaced it a little bit. <laughs> uh, better start getting placed better again because this sucks. <laughs> well, I, remember when I had plantar fasciitis a couple years ago? Yeah. Like that was debilitating. I was like shuffling around my house. Yeah. Well, that's totally where I'm at. My mom and dad were like, oh, you got gout. I'm like, no, I don't have gout. I'm not sitting here. <laughs> Eating spaghetti bolognese with red wine all day. I don't have gout. <laughs> Leave me alone. And they're like, no, no, it's gout. Here, take this gout medication. Okay, I take it. Yeah, nothing fixed. 
Oh, it's probably turf toe then. <laughs> okay. All right. This is this is how old people do it, I guess. They just take pills until they narrow down <laughs> what it is they have. <laughs> they just take take pills and deal with pain until they die. Um <laughs> Kevin, you that, are dark, sir. That whole time you're telling that story, all I'm thinking is Kev's foot. It's sore because he got a bad case of duck out. <laughs> oh. Anyone who knows where I'm referencing, you definitely grew up in the 90s. <laughs> so, um, you know, name that tune, everybody. Name that tune. Um, speaking of naming that tune, we're going to get over to our actual topic this week, which, again, I mentioned at the start of the show, the NFL is back this week. So what better topic to speak about? than the NFL. So what I wanted to hit is every single season in the NFL brings some magical moments. You know, we remember what happened, you know, when, you know, Tampa Bay went on their run last year when they won the Super Bowl. We remembered, you know, when the Giants defeated the Patriots to spoil their undefeated season. You know, we remember when, you know, specific players put up, you know, these monster seasons like a Patrick Mahomes a few years back, even going back to like the Brett Favre days and things of that nature. I mean, there's so many special things that can happen in an NFL season. So what we're going to talk about tonight, everybody, are just some fond memories of past NFL seasons, whether it be individual performances, team performances, you know, special times in history, you know, revolving around a certain anniversary of something or during a specific time. And then at the end, we're going to give some predictions for the upcoming award winners and uh, seasonal um, seasonal champions. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, gentlemen, let's get it going. So let's get this going here. And, uh, you know, I'm going to I'll, – I'll start. And I, I'm going to bring up um, – you know, something near and dear to my heart, because those who listen to the show and those who know me, you know, I'm a very big uh, Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And, you know, when I think about magical seasons and things that really stand out to me from like, what really is, is an important NFL moment? I mean, you look back at 2005 and the run that Pittsburgh put together in Jerome Bettis's last season, you know, Winning the last four weeks of the year just to make it into the playoffs, being a wild card team, winning on the road, being the first team in NFL history to win every single game on the road to make it to the Super Bowl, and then winning the big game and Jerome Bettis winning a Super Bowl in his hometown. Like, you can't script that any better. And I mean, that was the first Super Bowl that I've seen in my lifetime as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So that one really stands out. I mean, they made it to Super Bowls in years past. They couldn't quite get over the mountaintop. And, you know, it was just a, it was a special run. And that, you know, it really does stand out to me because like a lot of my favorite players were still on the team at that point. So, I mean, you look at like Troy Polamalu and James Harrison, um, Joey Porter, and then you look at their offensive line, like, you know, the, the recently inducted Hall of Famer, Alan Fanica was on that team, like, that was a great group of players and Bill Cowher is one of my all time favorite coaches as well. So, I mean, that one really does stand out to me because they, they had to rally at the end of the season. The season was kind of up and down and then obviously everything happens, you know, in the playoffs, they play Indianapolis. Bettis hasn't fumbled in like three years. He fumbles on the one yard line to put the game away. 
Looks like Indianapolis is going to return the ball for a touchdown and take the lead, but Roethlisberger saves it with a shoestring tackle. And then the best kicker, you know, um, from a statistical standpoint that season, the Canadian Mike Vanderjet, you know, steps up all cocky. He's pointing at the Steeler bench, and then he shanks the ball by about 30 yards to the right. It was beautiful. They go on. They whoop Denver's ass in Denver, and then they absolutely gut out a Super Bowl performance against a very good Seattle Seahawks team with Matt Hasselbeck and Sean Alexander. Um, but yeah, that, that one sticks out to me as a, a very memorable season. So 2005 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So now that I've given you guys some time to think about, you know, some impactful times that you guys can remember, maybe we'll, uh, we'll get that going. So jet let's go. Remember Galus with a, with a special moment or a special season in your memory. Um, I'm going to say a special game. I'm, I'm, I'm puking in my mouth a little bit talking about this game. No, 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 no. But I think that's the mac and cheese coming back up. <laughs> yeah, probably. And my cough syrup. So, <laughs> Hey, what, so what happens when you drink some scissor, you know? Um, so I think one of the most entertaining games, well, not entertaining, one of the best moments I could say was when the Seattle Seahawks kicked the living bejesus out of Denver. Why? <laughs> because everyone was so obsessed with, oh, this is the greatest scoring offense, blah, 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 blah. And nobody was talking about the Legion of Boom. They were just like, oh, you know, they're going to wipe the floor with them and blah, 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 blah. Peyton Manning, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You sound like Skip Bayless. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then when they came out and Percy Harvin returned that kick, and that was just basically like, okay, this is, this is just just a tad of what's about to come and then they beat the brakes off that team man like it wasn't even close it was like i enjoyed it so much just because they were talking so much shit not denver the media was talking so much shit about how they were going to oh they were going to show that this defense can't do it and blah blah man <laughs> and on top of that for for you know out of all people freaking malcolm smith that nobody had really heard about to come out it was like the equivalent of larry brown getting the super bowl mvp it just you know they're on the team sure <laughs> but i didn't know who malcolm smith was before like he wasn't a recognizable face on that team before the super bowl so I just found it, you know, not only did you get the snot kicked out of you, but a no-name, no disrespect to him, but, yeah. you know, he has Russell Wilson on his team. He has Marshawn on his team. He has, a, you know, Bobby Bobby Wagner was there at the time. Their defense was. So you have was, all these, yeah. and, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the other guy that was tripping when he was with the Ravens. What's his name? Earl. Earl Thomas. Yeah, they had Earl Thomas. They had Cam Chancellor. They had all these guys. Cam Chancellor was a Cam Chancellor was a dog. Yo, listen, Vernon Davis is still waking up with nightmares (laughs) of Cam Chancellor. (laughs) Okay, so 
I think I think to me, like that was the first one that popped in my mind, just because of the magnitude of the game and just how ridiculously one-sided it was for the team that was supposed to lose. Yeah. So so Jed, it's funny you bring that one up because that one probably still stings a little bit because uh because of the week or two weeks before and how Seattle won the game against a certain team. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. by all intents and purposes, that should have been San Francisco in that Super Bowl. Yep. So, well, I everybody mean, everybody called it. They said that that NFC Championship was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, those were those were some some very good teams in that NFC West at that time. Like those two teams were phenomenal. And here's a funny story about Cam Chancellor. So, former guest of the show and good friend of mine, Dwight Knight who was a former player at Virginia Tech, which is also Cam Chancellor's alma mater, they actually created the position that Cam Chancellor played at Virginia Tech for Dwayne. Because Dwayne had the same type of build, the six foot four, 225 pounds. He was kind of like a hybrid you know, linebacker safety, but they sent him on blitzes like every single play. And, you know, you look at the guy's stats, like, go look at, you know, everybody who's listening, go look at Dwayne Knight in 1991. Go look at his stats for Virginia Tech. They are insane. But they actually created that position for him, and they kept that position all the way through. And Cam Chancellor had the success that he did in college because of our guy, Dwayne Knight. So a little six degrees of separation there. Oh, you in the front office, baby. Um, that's great. So, Kev, uh, I know that you're going to give some bullshit reason, then you're going to get into your actual statement. But maybe let's cut through that and get to uh, get to what you think already. Uh, well, I'm not a big fan of football, um, so uh, this was a tough one for me. I really had to sit down and do some personal reflection. But uh, I think one of my favorite games from recent memory uh, was the uh, Atlanta Falcons New England Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, you a fan of either of those teams? But <laughs> come on. Two things in sports that are awesome. One is a comeback, but that comeback usually comes at the hands of like an implosion from the other team. And wow, is it fun to watch the Atlanta Falcons just overthink the entire game plan once they heard New England tiptoeing up behind them. That was fun to watch. I think I really liked watching, uh, was it Arthur Blank? The owner of the Falcons coming down to field level, like, well, time to celebrate with my billions of dollars and, and hookers and such. And then, oh, we're doing an overtime. How did that happen? <laughs> and Brady. And you absolutely got Tom Brady, Julian Edelman. Like that catch from Julian oh. Edelman was karma for the David Tyree catch that took a Super Bowl from a perfect season from the New England Patriots. But I mean, at the end of the day, Tom Brady didn't need another Super Bowl. The New England certainly didn't either. They were coming off a Super Bowl win from the year before, one that they probably should have lost and got very, very fortunate on. But, wow, was that a fun game to watch. I think that was, in terms of Super Bowls, that was one of the, uh, you know, the Super Bowls that gained more and more of my attention as the game went on. The last few years have been decent, right, with, you know, KC um last year was uh you know it's nice to see a different team win for a bit 
and to see Brady get a seventh ring. But um, I think the big one there was this game got more exciting as it went on because I was losing interest at halftime. Yeah. And I, I, I watched the first two quarters at my house and this is back when I lived in Canada. And then I drove over at halftime to Sheeler's house and he was there with Jules and Hode. And I just went over to have a beer and chat because I was bored watching the game. And then all I remember was minute after minute, second after second, be like, wow, every minute counts and they're making it count. That was fun. That was exciting to watch. Um, I like big comebacks. Those are the games that I enjoy watching. Even though I was a Bills fan at the time, hard not to watch the Music uh, City Miracle and not get excited as a football fan. Yeah, and and going back to that Edelman catch, like I really think that that's one of the most underrated and not spoken about catches in NFL history. I mean, I think it's more it's more improbable to catch that ball than the David Tyree catch. Yeah, for sure. David Tyree pins it against his helmet, which you know it definitely required a lot of strength for when his body hit the ground to not let it touch the turf or fall out. But like Edelman is watching the ball dance on his fingertips while basically proning and planking using all of his core strength not to let it fall or his arms to fall. And even the defenders that are on top of him beating the shit out of him (laughs) while he's playing finger juggles with that ball, um, they didn't think he caught it. He's like, no, no, I did. You guys got to see this shit. Like, it was almost like everyone on the field forgot they were in the Super Bowl. Like, no, no way you caught that. Yeah, I know I did. We're going to win. We're going to beat you. Yeah. And, and I mean, can I, can I tell you guys a story about, about that game too? How much money did oh. you lose? <laughs> I lost 50 bucks. I lost 50 bucks. Listen, but here's the thing I lost 50 bucks, but I was watching the game at home. And I remember because it was a snowstorm in Ottawa that day. I'll never forget. Yep. So, <laughs> why it was funny was because when it was 28 to 3, I think it was at one point, 28 to 3. 23. I was like, yo, I got this money in the bag. And then my boy, Roberto, he goes, you really going to bet against Tom Brady? You serious? And I was like, man, it's 28 to 3. And he's like, you're really betting against Tom Brady. He's like, yo, this is a Tom Brady moment. I was like, man, you need to shut the fuck up, man. I'm trying to win this money. And then sure enough, every time they score, Roberto just looks at me like, what did I tell you? And I was like, man, shut up. What did I tell you? Man, you need to shut up. Oh, and then sure enough, when fucking was it uh, was James, James White. White? Yep, James White when he scored, I was just like, "Yo, you put a hex on me!" <laughs> oh man, but it was just crazy because they showed the um, the uh, sights and sounds of the game afterwards, and I remember they 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 were talking. They showed two players on Atlanta's sideline talking, and one of them was like man, I can't believe we're doing this. And then the other player said, man, I ain't about all that. That's Tom Brady over there, man. That's Tom Brady. I ain't messing around with that. And this was when they were up 28 to three. So the fact that they knew, even up 28 to three, that they, like, do you know how psychologically crazy that is for you to be up 25 points and you're still worried yep. about the other guy, like the guy on the other sideline? Yeah. That's that's powerful, man. That's that's like that's like playing against the Chicago Bulls back in the day, and you know going in at halftime up by like twenty, and then you know they're like, yo, they got MJ on that side, man. 
They got MJ. Like, the game's not over. That's exactly what it was. I, I mean, case in point, look at the original Space Jam game. The Monstars <laughs> were up by a lot at halftime. But that's MJ so over true. there, man. So why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. No, honestly, that, uh, that, that was that – was, you know, a very painstaking game to watch because I remember I that was the only game I never got together with anybody because I felt like absolute shit that day. And I remember just watching at home with, with Kelly and, you know, she's not really paying attention to it. I'm just kind of watching it. And like when it was 28 to three, I'm like, man, like I'm not even enjoying this game, even though like I don't want to see New England win, but like I'm not even enjoying it because I don't feel good. And then that's the only time I've ever been a, you know, a fan of a game that New England's playing in because when they started to mount that comeback, it was like, okay, this is going to happen. Like Atlanta's going to implode and New England's going to play flawlessly the rest of the game. And man, did that defense ever turn it on in that fourth quarter? It was crazy. Um, well, I, for me, and, and this is a, a kind of a huge takeaway for uh, big comeback games like that. Games don't get exciting anymore in the fourth quarter with the NFL. I don't like. I don't think if it ever like the CFL definitely does. I think anyone who watches both leagues, like the CFL, if there's two minutes on the clock. Like that's in a lifetime. Yeah. Right. There could be three or four change of possession if there's two minutes in the NFL. If there's two minutes on the clock and you're winning, it's over. You're kneeling it out. Like it's done. That was the first Super Bowl I think I watched where I was like, wow, this is really every single second is counting here, and this is fun to watch. Yeah. Also, that guy got a date with Eugenie Bouchard. Yes. Kudos to him. Yeah. The did. Canadian Anna Kornikova. Hot as hell. Ain't winning shit. Speaking of Canadian, like her speaking of Canadian tennis players, how about the two uh, the two youngsters from uh, from Montreal who are doing their thing at the US Open right now? Is Andrescu still awesome. in it? No, but it's the Layla Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, the two kids from Montreal. And so she's Felix in the semis, Oje. and then Felix Oje Aliasem is in the semifinals as well. Who eliminated Andrescu? She got eliminated like two rounds ago. I thought she, no, she was in the quarterfinals. She eliminated herself. <laughs> really? Anyways. I thought, I thought I watched her win to go to the yeah. quarters. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. Um, you know, the. The you know there's a couple of, of big you know individual performances that really stick out to me just because of one of them was because it was my favorite player to watch at the time and I think I understood that was when I really started to understand like this guy's not going to be around forever so appreciate what he's doing and the other one was just such an incredible performance coming back from a major injury and speaking of major injuries you know anyone who's experiencing any type of pain or wants to get back into shape or what have you go and see our partners at human 2.0 and take advantage of one of their free child trial classes. And when you mention the podcast to them, you'll get a second free trial class on the house. So human 2.0, everybody, but going back to who I'm mentioning, the first of course is Barry Sanders, my favorite player of all time. And looking at what he was able to do in the 1997 season, when he rushed for over 2000 yards, Anyone who had the pleasure of watching that man play football, I don't think we're ever going to see anyone play to that level ever again because you just you can't duplicate the things that he was able to do. And the fact that he did it on such a bad football team, you know, it, it, it says so much about his actual 
you know, talent that he possessed with his drive that he possessed as well. But that whole season, I remember watching, and it's like, man, he is just at another level this year. There's something about the way he's playing that he's just at another level. And every week it's like, you know, 100 yards, 150 yards, 112 yards, 113 yards. And then tailing off towards the end of the season, you know, week 13, 14, he's rushing for like 30. He's rushing for 25 in a couple of weeks. And it's like, oh, man, he might not get this 2,000 yards. And then week 17 comes along, and that man put on the performance of a lifetime. He, I think he ran for like 175 yards in the first half. It was unbelievable. He needed like 190 to break the, you know, to break 2000. And he had like 175 in the first half. And wouldn't you know it, the one he breaks the record on, he scores a touchdown as well. Like Mm -hmm. that stands out to me so much. And I still remember it vividly, you know, all these years later because of just how impressive he was as a player. And again, knowing that he was nearing the end of his career because of everything that was happening behind the scenes with, with Detroit, I really, you know, kind of soaked that in. And that was the first time I'd ever done that. I really just watched it and appreciated what he was doing in the moment. And then the second one, and Jed, I'm sure you could talk about this ad nauseum and how, as to how impressive it is, but Adrian Peterson coming back from a torn ACL after less than a year, and rushing for 2,000 yards and almost breaking the NFL record. And I'm sure if they had given him a few more carries, he would have done it. But the fact that he was approaching the record to start is impressive as all hell. But you throw in the fact that he wasn't even a full year recovered from a torn ACL. It's mind-boggling. We talk about it all the time. An ACL or a knee injury, that's a two-year recovery. It really is. And the fact that he did that in less than a year, one goes to show the athletic specimen that he is. And, you know, the, the determination that you have to show to come back when you're not at 100% of yourself and still do that, it's almost superhuman. And the fact that he's still active, you know, and obviously not signed to a team, but the fact that he's still active and, you know, and playing at a very high level, considering his age, I mean, that again, really does stand out to me because you're never going to see someone come back in that short a time from that significant of an injury and have the type of impact that an Adrian Peterson had when he came back. Jet. Uh, he wasn't listening. Huh? He wasn't listening. (laughs) No, I was listening. He was talking about Adrian Peterson and how it was impressive, the fact that he was able to come back from a tornado. That was weeks ago. (laughs) That was last week. (laughs) That was weeks ago. You know what? There's two things I want to say. Number one, I forget who it was, but shame on, I think it was Leslie Frazier. Was it? No. Was it Dennis Green or Leslie Frazier? Who was the coach? It was either Brad Childress or Leslie Frazier. Shame on that coach for not realizing that Adrian was only eight yards away from breaking this single season record. Like yeah. shame on them, man. Like yeah. that, you know, that's that's one of those records. That's almost like a like Flojo's record. You know what I mean? Like it it is not getting broken for a while. You'll get cl- people close, like Derrick Henry's and stuff. Yeah. But the fact that he was he was eight yards away, yeah, is shameful, disgusting. Okay. Now the other thing I want to say. 
which is completely off topic, when you said back to the topic at hand, for some reason, the one thing that popped into my head was when Snoop says back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'm going to let him understand from a young G's perspective. You know, I just started rapping in my head. So kudos to you, man. You got more swag than you realize, player. <laughs> I mean, I'm what just what's happening. I, I'm just I'm just <laughs> dripping with swag over here. It's uh Kev Kev shit got real Verdunish real quick. <laughs> I was about to say. I just I, I was scroll I was going over to another tab looking at that Adrian Peterson season because it's got me all nostalgic on how unreal that was. Yeah. It's and, insane. Uh, and I completely forgot that that coach did that to him. Yeah. Second most yards ever. And the bugger's going to. And like, not he doesn't know. Not like it's 50 yards. You know what I mean? It's not like it's 50 yards away. It, eight yards away. And I'm watching that game and I'm saying, come on. I want to see history here. I want to see it. And it's like, you're feeding them the ball. Let's keep going. And then they just stop giving them the ball. And they asked him after, was it because you weren't feeling good? He said, no, I, I was fine. I was feeling the flow of the game. Like, my body felt good. Just, you know, game flow dictated that we were throwing the ball. Like That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be pissed. Like, you know what? It's kind of like that year when uh, Travis Kelsey was killing it. And then after that, they just fed the ball to Kittle until he broke the record yeah. for yardage in the season. Like, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, like, lay down on the ground to get a sack like they did with Strahan. Like, I'm not yeah. really saying that, but at least like, feed him the ball and let him just do his thing and see what happens. But for them to just stop giving him the ball, and the thing is, like you said, they stopped giving him the ball, so he would have crushed the record yeah. by even more, because Adrian Peterson that year, like, he was ripping off like 70-yard touchdowns, 80-yard touchdowns, so and that offensive line was playing so well. Like yeah. you, Kev, and I both, like all, all of us know, when you have an offensive line that's running like that, you keep feeding the ball to the running backs and let yeah. them do their thing. Like you cannot you, kill you momentum by keep throwing doing the it until the defense stops you. Yeah. I never understood why coaches don't like there's nothing that philosophy. There is nothing better than knowing that you're physically dominating somebody and they know it too. You go back to you know Tom Brady having the mental edge and you know Atlanta defenders saying, I'm not even about that. You know, when you have an offensive line that's just beating the piss out of you, that defensive line saying the same thing, and that linebacking core saying the same thing, and that defensive back core saying the same thing. Man, we can't stop these guys. It's we can't. We can't exactly. It's demoralizing. Like we can't stop it. So, on that note, let's jump over because again, I want to get some predictions out of uh, out of everybody here. Everybody's doing it. You know, we might as well jump on the bandwagon, jump off the bridge because all of our buddies are. Um, but for the 2021 season, I mean, I'm sure we're going to have some some monumental performances. We're going to have some unforgettable, you know, uh, things that happen during the season. Maybe we'll have a couple of records broken this year. Who knows? But let's get into who you guys think are going to win the Super Bowl, some major awards, and maybe, you know, let's see who's going to win each division. So if I'm going just from a picks perspective, you know, let's get, you know, some collaborative picks here. So division by division, who do you guys like to win? So let's start out with the NFC East. Who do you guys like to win that division? NFC East? Uh... 
if Dak's healthy, I think they win with a record of seven and ten. <laughs> <laughs> Foolish! It's Washington. Washington's winning that entire division. I, uh, I I'm it's also not going to be close. I'm also on the Washington train. I think that their defense is just so good, and Ron Rivera is one of the best coaches in the league. They'll milk everything they can get out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then, again, contrary to Kevin's opinion on Antonio Gibson, I think he has a monster season this year. And Curtis Samuel okay, coming just back. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. All right. So uh, what about the NFC North? Are we going Aaron Rodgers with the last dance with uh, with Green Bay? One last run with the fellas? I mean, until, until proven otherwise, really, you got to stick with them. I mean, Minnesota made some moves. Detroit's Detroit. Detroit's going to finish last in that division. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's going to be the case there. But uh, Minnesota's always been the team kind of dangling there. It yeah. depends. You know what? This is a hard one, a bold prediction. But I'm going to say whoever wins the head up between uh, Green Bay and Minnesota in their first matchup is going to be the team that ends up taking that whole division. Yo, let's not forget Chicago, yo. Chicago ain't no slouch. Showed up. They've got Henry Burris there. It's going to be a brutal coaching staff. (laughs) (laughs) They showed up to our guy, uh, Coach Hank, out in uh, in Chicago. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, the the faster they get Justin Fields in there, the better chance they have to compete for for the division. But I got to go with Green Bay. I think that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to come out with, you know, with a vengeance this year, obviously Aaron Rodgers, you know, pretty much, you know, done after this year with Green Bay and Devontae Adams not having signed that extension yet. I think this might be a last dance scenario. Um, NFC South. Tampa Bay. Tampa. Unanimous, deci- unanimous decision with Tampa Bay. 22 returning starters. You add in a couple of different pieces here and there. And I think that that's the best coach team in the league as well. So, I'm definitely all in on Tampa Bay. And what about the West? Jet, I know who you're going with already. You already know. <laughs> Jets you on, already know. Jets Bold on the Niners. Bold predictions. The NFC I'm on the West. Niners. You know what's, you know what's going to happen? I'm on the Niners. They're going to be competing. I feel like the Rams are going to be competitive. It's a tough division, man. It's a very tough division. <laughs> their, their, their Achilles heel, though, is that I, I, I hate that their run game is not um, I don't care that they have Sony Michelle. That's my boy. He's Haitian, but his knees no good. No good. And, I don't uh, want to turn the lights out on your Super Bowl here, Jethro. Oh. But I think this year's NFC West is basically going to be this year's version of last year's NFC East. I think it's going to be How one dare of those. You? Wow. Race How dare to the you? bottom from the top. Wow. Vice versa. That's that a, that's what I'm going with. So who are you picking though, Kev? Rams. So let's not forget the cards, though. I that's literally I was about to say, I'm gonna go outside of the box and I'm gonna pick the Arizona Cardinals because those of you who you know who were watching last year, they should have won that division, but they pretty much blew the last three weeks of the year. But uh I'm on board with the Cardinals this year. I love what they did. Um, all right, AFC. So let's make this quick. Um, AFC West. I'm I'm, I'm the Chiefs. Yeah, well, yeah I'm not kind of excluding the Raiders, though. All right. I feel like that's the wild card here. 
I feel like Denver's. I feel like Denver's wild, wild card. card. I'm the wild card. <laughs> Wham! Stab you in the neck. Wild card. Am I the only one who thinks Denver's the wild card? Denver's sneaky good, man. Again, that's a good division, top to bottom. So, um, I don't know. Like Kevin said earlier, till you prove me otherwise, Kansas City's got to be the pick. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, AFC South. Not Houston. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big wild card pick. I, it's got to uh, be Tennessee or Indianapolis, right? I, I like the Colts. I, I think that they're my sneaky Super Bowl. You know that wins? Yeah, I think they're my sneaky Super Bowl sleeper for uh, for this year. I think if they hmm. sign Nick Foles, they got a chance. There's a chance. You got you got an wait, injured wait, wait, Wentz to throw Foles in there. They win the Super Bowl. No, Kev's just saying that they need to get Nick Foles in to play with Frank oh. Reich, and then they'll win the Super Bowl. Who's the starter right now? Jacob Eason? Uh, yes. Uh, it's going to go through uh, Jonathan Taylor anyway, but. All right, so who are you taking, now? Jets? Who am I taking? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll... Yeah, I'll take Tennessee. Tennessee it is. All right, AFC North. Browns. Are you going to be mad if we don't take your boys? Absolutely not. You pick whoever you need to, man. Uh, well, wait, who else is in that division? This is the Cleveland show. Cleveland, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Oh, Cleveland. Can we, can we play the Cleveland Brown show? Cleveland rocks. <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Yeah, no, we, we, we can't play the Cleveland Browns or the, the Cleveland's uh, my show. My name is song. Cleveland Brown. <laughs> this is my very old show. Um, because I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to pay royalties to uh, to anybody. So, um, so I can anyway. sing it. We're good. Sure, why not? Just don't sing more than fifteen seconds. Seth MacFarlane, <laughs> if you're listening, send us money. <laughs> <laughs> we reference your show enough during our episodes, so send us yeah. money. Um, all right, I, you know I, I can't go against my guys. I mean, I love what they did on defense. I love their draft and. You know, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. Everybody's writing them off because they, you know, refreshed their entire offensive line. But, you know, Steelers, baby, here we go. Um, and then the uh, the AFC East. Bills. Bills. Unanimous with Buffalo. Um, yeah, but one of my boys, one of my boys bet me 50 bucks that the Patriots were winning the AFC championship. I was a lot like, of a lot of people are taking the Patriots because of how much they beefed up their defense in the offseason, man. And that and they have some guys coming back. Up. The offensive some guys line coming is back from COVID. Yep. Uh, Stephon Gilmore isn't Stephon Gilmore on the pup list? To start he the is. Season? Yeah, he, yeah, he's the one missing piece. But like they're getting Dante Hightower back. They're getting um, Patrick Chung. Like they're getting a lot of their uh, a lot of their solid starters that opted out last year. Um, all right, so those are our picks within the division. So Super Bowl pick, make it make it snappy. Um, I'm actually going back to back here. I I like Tampa Bay to repeat for the first time since the Patriots in the early 2000s. Yeah, I'm going with Tampa Bay as well. I think yeah, I think that I defense I, and that I, I don't see anybody. Yeah, I was gonna say exactly like you, Kev. Like they brought back all their starters. Yeah. Right. So. Let the good times roll if everyone stays healthy. Yep. Is, and now it's the second game. year with all of them in the in those systems too. Yeah, exactly. Right. So and 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 I know you don't want me to say this, Kyle, but yo, Antonio Brown 
in that system for a second year just makes them that much more dangerous. Look, you know, as, as much of a nutcase as he turned out to be, there's no denying that he's one of the most talented receivers to ever grace the NFL. Like I'm, I'm totally willing to say that. Um, obviously some off the field choices and some questionable locker room behavior has uh, made his career take a little bit of a detour, but I mean, there's no questioning the talent. I mean, it's there. All right. So, um, last couple of things here. So who's your, uh, who's your MVP pick for, uh, for this season? Who's going to, who's going to tear it up MVP, man. You know what? I, my, the first name that popped into my mind was Kyler. Kyler Murray. Yeah. I like it. I like nope. it. Not going to be him. Not going to be him. Josh Allen. Kevin is drinking the Buffalo Kool-Aid and everybody's, I think, uh, you know, everybody's popular pick right now is Josh Allen to take home MVP honors for sure. Um, I, I actually like if both Derek of Derrick Henry has, a, has another 2,000-yard season, though, it's his. Back-to-back 2,000 so, yards in this NFL. So, so here's the thing. I, 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 I agree with that. But what they'll do is they'll give Derrick Henry Offensive Player of the Year. And the MVP, I think they're going to keep it with quarterbacks. I mean, the, the precedent that's been set with respecting quarterbacks' achievements more than other positions, I think they're going to stick with that. So, you know, um, if I'm looking at, you know, who I think is going to absolutely break out this year and put up the numbers that they're supposed to, I mean – I look at what's happened in Baltimore and with JK Dobbins going down with the receiving core kind of banged up and bruised with their offensive line banged up and bruised. If the Baltimore Ravens can make the playoffs, it'll be because of Lamar Jackson. And I think that Lamar Jackson is going to absolutely put that team on his back and, you know, take the next step and show people why he deserves the massive extension that he's in line for because everyone questions his throwing ability. But what just happened with his tight end yesterday? He signed the largest contract in, in NFL history for a tight end. And that's solely because of Lamar Jackson. Andrews? Andrews, four years, $68 million. How do you want to pay him more than Kittle and Because he Kelsey? blocks because he blocks better. Yo, than Kittle? Dude, have you seen Mark Andrews block? Bro, have you seen Kittle go into WWE mode? Yes, I have. Just but the one, the one thing that hurts Kittle, though, is that he's always hurt. That's true. That's the one thing that That's hurts true. him. I can't argue that. Yeah, it's one thing that hurts him. Honestly, I don't think that Mark Andrews deserves to be paid as the highest tight end in the league. I don't. But that's what the contract dictates. But again, you got to respect the guy throwing him the ball. You know what I mean? Like, it's the yeah. Peyton Manning syndrome. Everybody around him put up stats, got paid and everything. And it's like, oh, well, you know, look at all the great players Peyton Manning played with. No, 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 no. Look at all the players that were made great because they played with Peyton Manning. So I exactly. I have the same thing with Lamar Jackson. I think a lot of guys who played Willie Sneed was a relevant receiver in the NFL when he played with Lamar Jackson. Okay. That's true. Willie yeah. Sneed. So I, I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson because I think he has a more you know a higher hill to climb to get his team to the playoffs. And I think if they do that, it'll be solely because of him. All right. So we've got Kyler Murray for Jet, we got Josh Allen for Kev, and we got Lamar Jackson for me. That's this week's episode, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. You know, we keep rolling along with this thing, and it's just getting easier and easier every week for us to get together and just shoot the shit and talk about whatever. But wherever you're watching the games this week, please go and enjoy. 
Um, obviously, it's something that brings a lot of people together. A lot of sports fans get their fix. A lot of gambling degenerates get their fix. So everybody comes together to enjoy the NFL season. So enjoy that while you're at it. Go get your body fixed before you're lying on the couch, you know, at Human 2.0. And, and once you're done that, go and get yourself some delicious food at the Smoke Shack and BTP Smokehouse and, uh, and get that home so that way you can enjoy the games in style. And on that note, thank you again to Dine Sports for everything you guys do. You guys are awesome. We love you. Um, but Jet, you know what to do, my man. Lay the bitches. Hell of a show. Hell of a show. <laughs>